When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on the best of Ball Don't Lie 2022, I'm leading things for you, Patrick Davis. Normally, I just produce the show and jump in here and there, give my two cents. But today, Rob Babers, Hardball Hards, with their families, enjoying some well-deserved time off. So we're going to listen to some of the best clips from 2022, the past year we've had here on Ball Don't Lie. Uh, Remember, you can join us in the conversation by hitting us up on our Twitter at Hardball Harge, at Rob Babers, at It's Patrick Davis, and please let us know what your favorite segments were of the first year here at Ball Don't Lie. But I know one of the things we love doing here at Ball Don't Lie is he joined the show multiple times, and uh, this is the latest interview we did. I believe it was right before the TCU game, so things were getting hyped down in the 40 acres. And uh, he had some choice words for Rob Babers and Mike Harge about their attendance to Texas events it's a great interview with CDC on the best of Ball Don't Lie here on 104.9 The Horn. And joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline is a man that, um, he's got a lot going on this week. I mean, it's a big week around the 40 acres, and we're going to get all into it. And he's a man of the people. He also, he is one of the few people that will answer his Twitter and get back at you. You can follow him on Twitter at underscore Del Conte. He is the vice president and athletic director at the University of Texas. One Chris Del Conte. CDC, what's going on, my man? Hey, don't be posting that Twitter too much. My inbox is get killed right now. <laughs> For oh, you jumping on me. with us, <laughs> <laughs> we love it. We love it. So CDC, our theme today is a midweek. Movie theme. We play soundtracks from different movies, and it just happens to be that this week you're doing. We're playing against TCU, so we got Purple Kryptonite being played right now. We got Purple Rain as the soundtrack. Do you still own anything that is purple? Uh, yeah, I, I have purple in my repertoire. I spent 10 years there, so unfortunately uh, I didn't quite purge my entire closet. But I have, a, <laughs> there is, from time to time I'll find something and go, oh, I, yeah, I remember. I have a lot of mementos. You know, my 10 years there, we were, it was a lot of success. And, uh, uh, you know, as I raised my girls there, um, I had a chance to grow up as, as a professional at, at, in Fort Worth and, I will always have a, a special place uh, in my heart for that, but I am I got here fast enough, and I uh, can't, can't thank uh, the, the, the nation for welcoming me here at the University of Texas. Well, since we're talking about that and, you know, your time there at TCU, this is a big week. I mean, your former team and, and a lot of people that you know still at TCU and game day coming into town, and it's a big foe. They're the number four team in the nation. Texas is trying to make their run. They're at number 18 in the college football playoff poll. How exciting is this for you? 
Uh, you know, it's actually started on Monday at the opening of the Moody. I mean, you think about it, we had a chance to, uh, and the Moody, everyone talks about the mood. We've had that, you know, a lot of concerts and stuff, but for, for Coach Beer to start the week off with a game against UTEP, first official game, was phenomenal environment. I mean, the Longhorn family was incredible. What an incredible arena that is. Tonight we have a volleyball game with uh, Iowa State. We get to honor Coach uh, uh, Elliott in his 600th win. You think about how great he is in, uh, in that regard. Then we have women's basketball uh, coming up, and then you go into our soccer team, gets to host A&M in the first round of the soccer uh, game on Friday. And then we roll in a game day on Saturday and play Texas Christian U. So it's just a great time to be a Longhorn, the success on campus with back-to-back Directors' Cups in terms of being the very best athletic program in the country. It's just a great time and great energy. And for the game itself, I'm just happy for our student-athletes and for our kids. You know, uh, Gary Patterson did an incredible job of building that program up at TCU, and I was, gr- I was glad to be a part of that. And there's, uh, I think that team is, there are like 50 of those kids are juniors and seniors. They're all at Gary's recruits. I'm happy for Sonny. Um, I've known he and Kate and his wife for a long, long time and that staff forever. I hired him at Arizona. We hired him at TCU, and he came back now a second stint at TCU. So I'm glad for what is going on uh, with them uh, up in Fort Worth and excited for what we have. I'm excited for Steve and, and uh, our young group of kids because they're just, uh, they're, you know, they're doing a great job of, uh, every single weekend and week out uh, preparing for, for football games. Hey, CDC, uh, it also, and I know there's a lot on your plate, but uh, next week I got some some friends coming in town excited from the Pacific Northwest about the Zags game. Uh, And they're coming in town, too, uh, to see the new Moody Center, and there's a lot of buzz about that. I actually got a chance to see it last night, went to the Chris Rock show, uh, and it was great, too. What's your favorite part uh, of the new Mood, uh, the new Moody Center? You know, it's interesting on the venue. From a, from a basketball perspective, I'm just really proud of the fact that it's a tight, intimate, there's not a bad seat in the house. It seats about a, a little over 10,000. Uh, for a Chris Rock concert, you seat about 15.5. So we have the right size arena for basketball. It's loud. It's intimidating. It's just a, it's a phenomenal place. We put all of our students on the lower bowl. So you have a student section is, is basically 270 degrees on that court. They're right behind the bench. They just bring it. Their energy is fantastic. And then you have uh, just the way we spent a lot of time designing the facility, a lot of input from a lot of people to create a, the very best music venue for acts to be to come to Texas and to, and to come to Austin. So there's been 72 concerts or acts that have been in the arena since we opened up in April. And then it is the hardest and finest basketball arena in the country right now when you look at a brand new arena like this. So I'm just really proud of everyone that put their time and effort into into it and then for us to have this on campus and what a gift to the city of Austin and, and for our students here at, at, at UT. It's just a phenomenal arena. But uh, I sit in every seat in the building and there's just not a bad seat in the house. Yep, agreed. There is not a bad seat in the house. Uh, I too was at the uh, Chris Rock show yesterday and just the atmosphere and the way that it's set up, it's so beautiful. Patrick, our producer, was there the other night for the basketball game, and he said it is the loudest place that he has been in for a basketball game or any event, and so that's the beautiful thing about it. Hey, fellas, what what, what radio station am I calling into? 104.9 The Horn, my friend. And what do you guys cover? The University of Texas. You're going to tell me the first time you've been in the arena to watch Chris Rock? 
No, I mean, we've been in there before. I'm gonna we've been. <laughs> I'm going to get on YouTube behind. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous, fellas. Are you kidding me? Oh, you mean really? Hey, I actually I was there to watch Earth, Wind, and Fire. CDC. I was I, there. I got a chance I, to hear I've the acoustic. Seen, I've never seen so two guys stutter so quickly than you two fellas right now. <laughs> I mean, Yosemite Sam has nothing on you. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. that. That is priceless. We got you right there. We're talking to <laughs> University of Texas Athletic Director oh, man. Chris Del Conte. You can follow him at underscore Del Conte. <laughs> You're killing me. You, well, I, I want everybody to no, hit you real. up now no, for no, giving no. us a hard time. That's a good point there. See, you see, because I do plan on going to a game, either the Zaz game or the one tomorrow. I do plan on going to games. Throw it out there. Hey, just well, in case. I Make sure you say hi. I think we're playing Houston Christian, <laughs> formerly known as Houston. Houston ba- yeah. <laughs> I had no idea that you can be- switch religions this <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I've done that, CDC. Said, I've done it downtown, have. actually, on 6th Street at like 1 in the morning. So it happens. Sometimes you got to adjust. <laughs> Sometimes you got to adjust. Hey, so we wanted to ask you this. Also, you know, we're heading into a big week. This is a huge game. This is a huge opportunity. The nation will be watching. Game days making their second appearance this year, coming back after the Alabama game. Uh, obviously, your former squad, uh, TCU's coming in. This is a huge step for what um, he's been building. Coach Sarkeesian's been building here at the University of Texas. We saw them get that big road win last week. I know it helped the confidence. But heading into this week, what should the people expect around Bevo Boulevard? We got Third Eye Blind performing at Longhorn City Limits. There's just so much happening on the 40 acres this week. I, you know, I just, I just think it's a good, another chance for us to celebrate the University of Texas. When you welcome 105,000 people into the stadium and another 50,000 outside the stadium, the energy is going to be fantastic. And just with the amount of events that we have around uh, uh, on campus right now, athletic events, it's just a special time. I mean, you know, and you just spoke about Beagles Bowl and who we're having, and the game is going to be incredible. A night game in DKR, it doesn't get better than that. It was interesting to me. I was looking at uh, – uh, the age group, our kids' average average age of our football team is like 19.3. We played uh, uh, we played uh, with Kansas State last week, and it was like 23.8 was their average age. It's pretty funny, right? Older team, yeah. you got COVID, you have years coming back. We're a really really young team, and uh, I love the fact that we have that the youth is just performing and, and so well in our entire team. You know, and you look at it. And babes, you played here. There's nothing. The pressure at Texas is different, yep. right? It's why the winning tradition of the University of Texas shall not be entrusted to the timid nor the weak. Mm-hmm. And this group and the culture around this team, you can just feel the energy around all of our sports. So I'm just excited for them to go out and play. You know, I mean, we talk about yours. Yours, the last time he played was a senior, a junior in high school. Remember yep. that? Yep. He's only had two varsity, two, three college games. He missed his entire senior year of playing football. Yeah. 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 Remember that entire senior year showed up here and said, "All right, boys, let's let's give you the keys to this Ferrari." <laughs> <laughs> literally, right. literally. You got you got a young offensive line, three freshmen playing. You just got a lot of young team mixed in with uh, mixed in with their older guys, and it's just I love this team of of men. They mm. are just such. Uh, they understand what it means to be a long run. They've, they've gone through the battle. They've gone through COVID. We've gone through civil unrest. We've gone through these things. They've come out mm. better for it. And they love 
the University of Texas. I mean, you know, and then you go out to K-State, man, it was a game of, you know, we had we got about three or four penalties that put us behind the chains. And, you know, the guy playing the game, when you're behind the chains, you just can't start throwing bombs. We had a couple, we had a fumble. We had just so many things, and the perseverance of the team through trials and tribulations, there's no quit in this team. It's just really there's a bunch of beautiful men in that room that are, are awesome. So I'm excited for them to showcase their talents against a, a great team in TCU that's, uh, you know, older. Uh, that whole team was recruited by Gary Patterson. They got uh, a lot of stars on that team. They, they're just a lot, a lot of good players. And Sonny Dax has done an amazing job uh, with that team. For them to be the fourth-ranked team in the country coming into DKR, strap it on, let's go. Hey, uh, CDC, before we let you go, I got a random question because just a uh, random thought. Who's your, who are your pro teams that you root for? Well, you know what? <laughs> Interesting. Right? Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever heard you talk <laughs> about it. That's why. This. Because I grew up in a children's home in Taos, New Mexico, and I never heard of colleges. You know what I mean? Yeah. The first college guy I ever heard of was a guy named Marcus Dupree out of Oh, Oklahoma. Wow. You know what I mean? I'm thinking this is like 81, 82, 83. I remember being like someone in high school going, who's that guy? Because, you know, the reality is where I grew up, it was not co- we didn't have a real college. It was not it. So yeah. my, three te- my three teams growing up, uh, I picked winners. I was the Dallas Cowboys in the 70s. Huh. You know, I-, I was Roger the Dodger on the playing field. <laughs> and then we'd go right into basketball season. I was Julius Irving, good old number six. <laughs> And then we'd hit baseball, and I thought it was Raleigh Fingers of the Yankees throwing the splitter. So I didn't really have a college team. I was strictly the three of those teams. Wow. You know, so then they were all great in the 70s. Think about it. You know, if you Julius Irving with that fro, I try to get a perm. I throw a fro like Dr. J. I'm not joking. I would try to grow a perm. So I could be Julius Erwin. Could you imagine? They're like, have you lost your mind? I go, no, sir. I, I want a perm. I, I'm, I'm Dr. J. So, I mean, those three teams were, were, were who I grew up until I got it. You know, and then finally when I got a college scholarship and I went to college, I was like, man, I never knew the pomp and circumstance of mm, sport. Yeah. So it just didn't have the same, same, where the rural district where the children's home was and where I was, it was, it was just, uh, it was an incredible time. But I was really a pro. Like I said, the first college guy I ever heard of was a guy named Marcus Dupree. Yeah. It was a one-year wonder there at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the closest town, you know what I mean? Because it was right on that little that little border town. of t- mm. New Taos goes right into that little skinny part of Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. then, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. And yep. Then, you hit the, then you hit the land of the Sooners. So the Sooners, them jokers never went to Taos. They just kind of stopped at that skinny park. They, 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 they could have went a little farther and found God's country. Yeah, I love that. My man was trying to get a perm. perm. My oh, man was man. trying to get a perm. I love it. You know, so before we let you go, I know you're busy, and I know you got a lot to take care of, but before we let you go, I need to ask you this. Uh, I was reading about the NCAA rule about NIL, and I feel like this is going to be something that's positive for the University of Texas. If you want to talk about it, we're more than welcome to listen to it. But if not, I totally understand. But there's definitely some changes that are happening when the NIL rules. I think we're going to have a uh, we'll have an announcement tomorrow a little bit just to talk about the nuance of it. But the base of the rule change was is that the universities now can participate. In, in, uh, uh, in raising money for name, image, and likeness opportunities for our current student athletes, and I think that's 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 a big thing for for our kids and looking at how they can how can they how can they for for my perspective is we want to, I would rather have um, 
uh, be involved with what, what we can do in terms of, hey, guys, this is a, legit, a legitimate opportunity to help young people. And it's just really about education. You know, hey, let's educate young people. Let's look at what we're doing. We're already doing that with taxes, and we're doing all the things that we've had. It's, it's, it's funny. I had a – and both you guys. Have you ever guys drove, ever drove a stick shift, the two of you? I'm yes, terrible sir. at it. I can't do it. <laughs> okay. So you're going to love this one. I had a kid come in, call me, and goes, hey, I need to see you real quick. And I run down there. I go, yes, sir. And he goes, oh, and I think there's a problem. He goes, hey, this car must be super fast because it has two brakes. <laughs> My main man never knew there was a clutch. Like, hey, we'll take an automatic. <laughs> so, these That's are great good. opportunities. Great opportunities for our young kids, and I'm, I'm I love I love it for them. But at the same time, I also want to protect them. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, and sir. Protect them, make sure they're getting they're, they're, they're accentuating the brand the right way, and that we can say, you know what? Because when they associate with our student athletes, they're associating with 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 who we are, and I want sure that they we do the right by them and their families. So I'm excited about the rule changes. Uh, anything that we can do to help them benefit them is going to be great for Texas uh, uh, and and great for our student athletes. Well, CDC, as always, man, we appreciate you giving us the time and gracing the uh, airways with us. And just so you know, oh, man. Rod and I have been to the mood long before last night. Don't don't so, just try to hold that against us. Yeah, you two bums. You two bums won't even come to a basketball game. You're going to go to Chris Rock. I'm not even talking to you all. Hopefully you're tomorrow at the, at the Houston Christian School of America in, in the arena right there, okay? Tomorrow night. No doubt. We, we will, we will definitely there. come and see for you sure. for sure. As All always, right. thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. We appreciate it. Hook him. Thanks, there he is. Hook him. Man, he was on us, Rod. Wow. He came prepared, he man. He came prepared. Taking shots at your boy. <laughs> giving us the business on the airwaves. And I know where he was going when he was like, uh, guys, yeah, what stations say, I'm like, oh no. I'm like, uh oh, what are we doing? I knew it was wrong? bad. I knew it was bad. I was like, this ain't good. I was like, what are we saying? He's calling us out. Yeah, I was what like, we like the horn. I was like, this ain't good. That's why, you see, boy didn't say nothing. I'm like, oh, You're just sitting good. there like, don't he's, answer it hard. He's setting don't us answer. up. <laughs> setting us up to give us a business. I, I didn't have to say nothing. I've been to Texas games. You've been to a game I've already. Been to, yeah, I've been to two. Already, you've been to two games I'll there. See, yeah, That's right. And he, he's right. I have not been to an actual sporting event there. Yeah. I've been to two events, but no sporting event. So that's fair. That's he, fair. We deserve that. Now, I want to get back to this perm conversation. Oh, my goodness. Now, I had a lot of follow-ups about the perm, and I know he don't got a lot of time. Yeah. But I'm like, man, if you had a perm, if you wanted a perm, how did you, you not get it? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> he didn't go to my my person that was doing my hair. Come on, Because I had a jerry curl. It looked wet, I, but it was dry. I think I think, <laughs> I think I think he got that perm. I think CDC got that perm. We're going to have to find some pictures. There might be some picture evidence, That's some right. photo evidence out there we need to of, find of our, our, our beloved uh, athletic director with a perm. Back in the day, I can't wait. Trying to be Dr. J. I can't wait. Hey, okay, Dr. okay. J. So his favorite teams were the Cowboys, Lakers, and Yankees. Yeah, front runner. And now he's a he's an athletic director on Longhorns. Front <laughs> he said runner. Dr. J. That's Philly. Yeah. yeah. Dr. J, that's Philly. Front runner. They were champions. They were oh, champions, yes. but it's not Lakers. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's Philly. Dr. J, right. Philly. You're right. You yeah. just said Philly. Right. Yeah. I thought he said Lakers though. He had the he Lakers, Lakers in the conversation. He said Lakers, Lakers in the conversation, yeah. but he said Dr. He J said was the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he said Lakers. 76ers, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right about that. Yeah, he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I guess, yeah, it's CDC. Who knew? Who knew? I never seen. I never heard him talk about his team, so it's pro teams. I love it. So I just want to know. That him. was a great question. And now, because now we understand. And yeah, front now runner. You know, yeah. Front runner. And why we know why he came to Texas. That's right. It's like, no, no, no. He's all about being, yeah. like, he wants to be a Dallas Cowboys, Lakers, and the Yankees. And he still has some purple. And he still got a little bit of purple. And he still got process. some purple. You can't get rid of all your purple. You can't. 
Purple's good. You it's know slick what? color. And it's hard to pull off purple. Yeah, you got to have that perfect skin color. You got to have some swag to pull off purple. It ain't I, easy. He better not show yeah. up in no purple suit on Saturday. I know that. <laughs> no, nah, he ain't going to do that. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt if Sark had like some accent, a purple oh, accent. Sark, Sark has more, a multiplication, or at least L'Oreal has a multiplication. She'll, whatever uh, ensemble she creates for him, she'll put like a little bit of the opposing color in there. You already have know. Have you noticed that? You already know. Just a little bit. A little accent there is almost a little F you. Like you, a little middle finger to that. And you know I'm going to be critiquing it as he walks uh, down. Uh, Sark, uh, yeah, you're right. Whenever time Sark comes down uh, from Bevo Boulevard yeah. there, Harge always gives us like his red carpet critique. I'm like, my boy been clean. He's like, e, he's yeah, like, my boy been clean. Like on E! News or yeah. something like that, like the red carpet. What does he call me? He's all like, Joan Rivers Harge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it works out pretty good. It does, so it does. does. Back before we knew that Texas was going to annihilate Oklahoma in the Red River shootout, when we weren't sure what was going to happen, we had to give some special advice to our good friend, Coach Sark. So how about a little fashion advice, a little therapy for Sark, back before we knew what was happening at the Cotton Bowl here on the Best of Ball Don't Lie. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, my point is, Sark, this is where it all started for you. This is where you have to exercise demons. When you, when you go to therapy, right, or you go to therapy, you go to counseling, they try to get to the root cause of your problem. And they often ask you to go confront when they find out what the root cause of it, if it's your mom or if it's your, your brother or your dad. Like, all right, I need you to go talk to them. Got to go confront the root cause of your issue. Sorry, the root cause of all of your problems so far since you've been on the 40 Acres is Texas OU. It mm-hmm. was in this game. Mm-hmm. It was in this game. This is where it all happened. This is where it all started. Now you go exercise those demons. You get a chance to do it against a wounded Oklahoma squad whose starting quarterback is likely out. Oh, man. You couldn't have asked for a bet. They just served it up to you on a platter. But that's why I get nervous. That's oh. why, as, as a fan of this game, and I'm sure a lot of people are, whenever you walk out there and you're a little bit too confident, there's a problem with that. Because you the have fans, a, not the, the, not, the not team. The players. Yeah. players different. The fans yeah. can be overcome, not the player, not yeah. the team. That's why. Sark, what's Sark say? Hey, I still don't have the golden hat. That's what it is. We still ain't got we the golden hat something. in our damn facility. And man, and did not did they not seem like he was saying something else in there too? He's like, I won't have the golden hat, and they got my pride last time, it and is. they got all of me last time. Come on, man. So I'm coming back for him. You you can get, believe me. I'm telling every single one of them this is personal. Yeah. yeah. Because I was a great coach until OU last year. You know what happened to that white That's suit? That he and then he, people started he, yes. he burned that white suit. He went home to L'Oreal <laughs> and he never, burned ever, it. Never, you know, ever. You ever, you ever watch American Gangster? Yeah. When uh, oh, for sure. when Denzel Washington yep. he wears the 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 mink coat or whatever he wears the the mink that really uh it it's a it's a beautiful mink yes. coat but it's it's obviously oh, attracting a lot of attention and he was supposed to be an under the radar drug dealer and he went to the was it was it Muhammad Ali uh, when, uh, uh was not, was it was it yes, Ali fight it, it was, was a big fight I yeah. saw that in the movie goes to the fight and the feds. Start seeing this guy's like, who's this guy in this really expensive, mm-hmm. like, mink coat and hat? Who is this guy? They take pictures of him, and that's when he's finally on their radar. And they're like, all right, we got to figure out yeah. who this guy is. And that's kind of the beginning of the end for Denzel Washington. Short story. Sorry if I spoiled it for you. Uh, but If you ain't seen it by now, <laughs> American Gangster, you missed out because that me, thing has been there. Yeah, that's, that was Sark. All yes. right. That's that, the, the suit. Give me that suit. The, the, that, that suit, it put him out there on the platform. It yeah. kind of put him out there. And everybody was like, man, he's looking clean. Okay. He, oh, 
he, oh, his wife dressed him. His wife's a fashionista. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's clean. Exactly and then he goes out there in the first half, balls out. Everybody's like, man, I told you that white suit was a good old man. He came out there with the swagger. He's trying to show y'all boys. And then the second half, I was like, don't ever wear that white suit again. Yeah. They're like those those black uh, basketball uniforms oh, in Texas sure. basketball. Don't ever wear those. Ever again. They always wore it against Duke. <laughs> so I came home. He took that damn suit off, threw it in the fireplace, and burned. He was like, L'Oreal, don't you ever. <laughs> Suggest a white suit to me again. Remember, and he I, had that orange stripe on it too. Yeah, yeah, he had that orange he stripe clean. on the side. Yeah. He was clean. That yeah. was a Joe Frazier fight. Thank yeah. you, Joe yeah. Frazier fight. Yeah. Thank you very much, Sexer. But that, I'll tell you, Sark came on, he burned that damn suit. <laughs> he burned. And, you know, here's what I'll say, Sark. Sark, I know you burned that suit. And I know you were really unhappy about it. Trust me. It, we're all men. We get it. All right. But I'll say this you should wear that suit again. Yeah. Pull out the suit again, Redemption. though. Pull out the suit again. Oh, it's Wear been burnt. Suit. It's been burnt. It's charbroiled. It is charbroiled. Wear another one, bro. Wear it. <laughs> Wear it up because it was clean. all white. Go all white. Go all white. No stripes on Nothing. the side. Just, Just go all icy white. white. Yes. Icy white. Because you're wearing um, icy white. We're the visitors. Are they, are they, They're the visitors. visitors. Okay, go icy white then. You can yeah. do that. Squad up, go baby. White, man. Squad up. Oh, someone says here, oh, it happened in Goodfellas, too. De Niro gets mad about the jacket in the car. That's right, because oh, remember, that's right. And he kicks him out of the club because the dude buys. He's like, I told you don't be going and spending no money. We do not want to draw attention that was to Sark. ourselves. Sark drew too yeah. much attention to himself, yeah. and then he had the big first half, <laughs> and it collapsed in the second half. And I'm telling you, Sark, I know he burned that damn suit, but Sark, you should break that suit out again, man. I know yeah. you burned it, but don't. <laughs> you should break it out again, man. We need the redemption. This is a redemption. This Put is where you stripes. exercise those demons, man. No stripes down the leg. No, just straight up white. Just straight you. white. Hey, no, no. Go, go. Remember last go week. Go all white. Go all white. I would be hard on this. Go icy white and then black tie, black shirt. Yes. Like yes. You can't, like you, you know what I mean? Remember I'm, how clean boom. Junior Engelau was this past week? Yeah. I said, look all at Junior. White. He like was that. clean in the all white. Go all white yeah, on him. Go ahead. Black shirt. Go Johnny Cash with the shirt and the tie black. Miss L'Oreal. What? Sun and sunglasses on. Miss L'Oreal. Hook him up. We asking you. Know you. What I'm saying? That's Fashionista. Cool. We need our boy Sark. All white redemption tour. Or, black tie. I mean, honestly, honestly, if you want to go, if you want to go straight up Johnny Cash, I'm here for execution style. <laughs> I'm for it. All black everything. All, all black, black everything. everything. All black shirt, black tie, oh, yeah. black sport coat, black on, pants, Sark, black baby. shoes, black Come socks. On. I am I'm an executioner that I'm wearing all black because I'm here for a funeral and it ain't mine. It, exactly. And you're walking down playing. Come on, man. Playing the Undertaker song. That's what the music. You know they got the box. They got the box. They got it. I need him coming in with the Undertaker music on the way down. Uh, sorry, he says they are home team. No, are they home or what? No, because we got our tickets from Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you yeah. are. We're visitors. Okay, there you go. Oklahoma sent us our stuff today. All right. Yeah. All right. That's our fashion tips then. Yeah. Um, someone said he should <laughs> he should leave the Cotton Bowl in that suit after the win. Yeah. No, Whichever way, we need it somehow. Whatever, some way. I mean, we just redemption like, tour. You gotta exercise the demon. The demon started to haunt you during this game. This is where the demon came out. Yeah, this is where the demon came out, and it got you, Sark. And it didn't. It, and it, and that that reputation, that stigma, has followed him ever since. He cannot escape it now. Yeah, it's it, every time he's up early in the game, people go, uh oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, can't get oh, to his, to black his Air Force Warrens. I like that. Yeah, yeah. black Air Force Warrens or black Jays. Yep. Ooh, get them. Texas should be able to get them some all black Jays. Yep. Come on, KD, hook it up. Yes, I'm with you, man. It's all black. I think we go all black. I'm with it. I think we go all black. I mean, man. I'm with it. It's Johnny gonna be Cash early style. enough. It's gonna be early Everybody's enough. Because that's a statement. You go all yeah. black. Like, what? Oh, black. Remember NBA teams would do that. 
when they would go like for a closeout win. Oh yeah, they were yeah. all black because they were saying they were going to a funeral. <laughs> yeah, they were going to the funeral. You, yo, it's your damn funeral, yeah. man. We going to. I like that. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Don't do. And I don't know why I just remembered this. Don't do the Houston Texans against the, no, the Patriots when they wore the leather jackets. <laughs> don't do that. Stay oh, away from that one. I remember that. Oh, I remember that one. I remember watching it. Was it Monday Night Football? I think it was Monday Night Football. It was a primetime game. And I just remember them walking out and we oh. all went, oh, that's a bad look. That is not going to go yeah. well when no. they get their butt whipped tonight. It was brutal. I remember that. I remember I remember seeing J.J. White in the Letterman jacket oh. thinking to myself, this is going to be really good really really bad oh. and it was really bad it was <laughs> it was a straight up embarrassment it was uh all right there you go that's yeah. our fashion tips for my man sark to try to get sark to uh you know I, I, i'm going with all black but uh i don't mind my man uh harge's suggestion go all white sport coat pants white in this maybe a black a black shirt one. or the black tie but either way and dark sunglasses just rolling in. Exercise the demons, man. Yeah. Exercise the demons. We're coming back with more off the record and another great Flex interview coming up here on the Best of Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. Back on Ball Don't Lie here on 104.9 The Horn. Hosting it for you, Patrick Davis today. Rob Babers, Mike Harge, off with their family. But a great thing we got to do this year was talk to some of the best high school athletes in Austin during our flex segment. We couldn't just pick one, so we want to play for you now. Jaden Greathouse, uh, Notre Dame commit, uh, had a fantastic season, ends up on our all-flex team at receiver. And he joined the show earlier this year to talk to Rob Babers and Mike Harge here on the best of Ball Don't Lie. He is Jaden Greathouse. He is now verbally committed to uh, play football for the Fighting Irish, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, now he's joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, and we are uh, pleased to have him. Hey, Jaden, thank you for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Uh, congratulations, congratulations, first of all. congratulations young man. on uh, the uh, the commitment to Notre Dame. There are a lot of folks listening. They probably thought since you were coming on the Longhorn <laughs> Station that we was hinting at something, but that was not the case at all. Just tell me why you chose Notre Dame and the Fighting Irish over, uh, you know, obviously the Longhorns who are right here in your backyard. Well, one um, on the academic side, uh, the degree from Notre Dame is, I mean, second to none, and. So is the football. Uh, you kind of get the best of both worlds, and it was really, it was really just a gut feeling and, and what felt right. Um, after I went on my first visit, um, it was definitely a special place, and I just kept getting those feelings uh, every time I would come back, and they would stay whenever I was gone. So I just knew it was the right place for me. So when you sit there and you 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 got all your friends that are local and everybody's thinking, "Come on, man, you got to go to Texas. Come on, man, this is the place for you." And then all of a sudden you go up to South Bend and you take that trip and you, you start to see 
um, the nostalgia and everything that goes with Notre Dame. And Coach Marcus Freeman, let's be honest, that man is making a lot of moves in the Lone Star State ever since he took that job as the head coach. Um, it was, was it a tough decision for you, or was it something that you always felt, like you said, from that very first trip? Um, it, it was a tough decision, uh, but I was also, I was also okay with every decision. I feel like every, every school that I was considering at the end, um, you know, had good football, good people, um, and a great education. So I knew, I knew no matter where I chose, I couldn't go wrong, um, with the universities, but, um, Notre Dame just felt like home and had a lot of people at school, you know, pulling me towards Texas and <laughs> and former teammates of mine that are playing at Texas now, um, like Michael Taff and Connor Robertson. So um, there's definitely a connect there, but uh, I just knew that Notre Dame was the place for me. Uh, speaking to Jaden Greathouse, uh, one of the best wide receivers in the country, actually ranked as the 17th best wide receiver in the country by 247 Sports, uh, the best, uh, the 113th best prospect in the country by 247 Sports as well. Uh, we're happy to have him right here on Ball Don't Lie. All right, Jaden, let me ask you this. Um, you know, because it, it seems like my, my man Harsh just mentioned that there is a movement right now with Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame, to to come to the state of Texas and try to grab some of the best players in the state of Texas. I just read a stat that four of the top fifty uh, in-state recruits right now have signed with Notre, at least have committed to Notre Dame for the twenty twenty-three class. That's more than the entire ACC, the SEC, and the Big Ten. Are you gonna Are you gonna be the last? Texas product to commit in the 2023 class, or are you are you going to join that recruiting train and start uh, grabbing some more products? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on the recruiting chain. <laughs> I've, been, I've been I've been recruiting for a little while, and um, you know we're we're definitely going to be making more moves, and and we're going to bring Texas to South Bend for sure. Who's next? Who's next for you, Jade? Who's on your list? I won't I won't name names, um, but. No, we we got works in progress. Is that is that you won't name names, but you could say a city, can't you? In the in the Austin area. <laughs> I knew that. Hey. We we were just trying to figure that one out. We knew what was going on right there, man. We knew what was going on. So let me ask you this. Obviously, you know, Rob was talking about it and I brought it up too, talking about the Texas invasion at Notre Dame and how they're trying to come here. They've already went after uh Braylon James. He's already signed and committed to them. And now you and, and the Denton Geyer safety, Peyton Bowen, everybody seems to understand that the talent is here in this area. But I want you to take us a little bit behind the scenes. You don't have to give us too much because I understand how that works. But what is Marcus Freeman like, especially now that he is the head coach of Notre Dame? Um, yeah, I mean, he's a great man, uh, high energy. I mean, the whole coaching staff is they're all pretty young and, and they just got, they just got the juice right now. And, um, you know, coach Freeman's a great guy, well-educated man. Um, he, he's a great coach. He's a great leader. Um, you can, you can see it whenever he's speaking. Um, and he, and he just, uh, really knows how to connect with people. You know, uh, Jay, speaking, speaking of, um, you know, the, the players doing a lot of the recruiting, I always say these days your best recruiters are your players. And you talked about even yourself getting in on it as well down here in the state of Texas on behalf of Notre Dame. Uh, there is a lot of talk at Texas about Arch Manning getting in on the recruiting process and hitting guys up. Did you get a text in the communication from Arch Manning? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh-huh. I, was at, I was at basketball practice um, when the news dropped and, and when I came back, I had a text from him, and uh, you know he 
he's telling me where to go and you know, all that stuff. That's pretty powerful. So even Arch Manning couldn't even sway you. So I know you are truly committed to Notre Dame, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, for sure, 100%. So let's get, look, we're talking to Jaden Greathouse from Austin Westlake. He just committed today to Notre Dame. Let's go back to, to high school because you're still in high school. You got your senior year. There's a transition that's going on. Coach Dodge has moved on, and now you got Coach Salazar. There's a lot of expectations. You have an opportunity now to be a four-time state champion. That's, wow. like, amazing. That's and a lot of people don't really understand that you are, too, and one of the best basketball players in the state as well. So tell us a little bit about the transition and then your thoughts about basketball too. Um, yeah, I mean, the transition is always fun, you know, getting to, getting to experience new locker rooms and, and building new connections with your teammates. Um, it's definitely a rough one, though, too. I mean, go right from, you know, state championship game to basketball practice the next day. Um but it's definitely a grind, and uh, definitely love to play. So um, it's, it's always a good experience. And Jane, you mentioned that one of the factors that really uh, influenced your decision was the academics at Notre Dame, and they are obviously well respected uh, for their academics. What do you plan on majoring in? Like, give me, give me the uh, the five, ten year academic plan for you. Um, yeah, I definitely uh, am planning on majoring in psychology when I get to college. Um, I'll, I'll early enroll, so I'll be able to get in there early and you know, get to do summer school before and you know, really get situated so that way I have the best experience when the fall comes. Man, congratulations on all of that. That's That's good right there, especially that psychology. So I had lunch with a friend of mine that – his son has known you ever since y'all were in elementary school together. <laughs> and he told me that he remembered that y'all had a race at elementary school. <laughs> and he was thinking, yeah, my son thinks he can get him. And, and he said, Dad, there's one kid at this school that I think might be a little bit faster than me. And you ended up smoking him at the, at the <laughs> race. And then he came up to you after and was like, hey, man, can you play center field in baseball? <laughs> had you ever played any baseball never well you can't he couldn't convince you to come and play center field for him then. <laughs> well my mom wouldn't let me she you know i had i'd uh had a lot of sports going on and she just didn't want to deal with baseball yeah, there's a lot of travel involved with that. I don't blame your mom. She seems like she's got her head on straight. Uh, Jaden Greathouse, uh, one of the best wide receivers in the country, uh, Austin Westlake product, but also committed now to Notre Dame, joining us right now on the Vicaro's Cafe and Cantina Hotline. All right, I want to ask you something uh, just real quick while we got you here, Jaden. Um, who's the toughest defensive back that you've faced since you've been at Westlake, regardless of the school, regardless of the year? Give me the toughest challenge you've had as a wide receiver. Um, definitely my freshman year, first round of playoffs, uh, we were playing Cibolo Steel and I had to go against, uh, Jalen Jones. Mm. Um, he's committed, he was committed to A&M right now. Uh, he was a five star. So that was, that was probably the, the toughest matchup I've had to go against, uh, I'd say. Okay. All right. How'd you do? Um, I mean, I did all right. <laughs> I'll go first, watch the film. First playoff game. Okay. First playoff game, and it was, it was, it was at home though. But um, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely a challenge for sure. Yeah. 
Well, your accolades speak for themselves. I mean, through three seasons, 46 games, you've had 182 uh, receptions, 3,000 yards, 43 touchdowns. I mean, Notre Dame is grabbing themselves one heck of a football player, and we're just thankful that you have been a part of the Flex family. I know Flex ATX, we got a chance to see you when you came in here and sat in studio. They've been they've been pushing a lot of your videos out, and I know that they're all proud of you as well, man. So thank you so much for coming on with Rod and I and being able to uh, enjoy your day as now you are committed to the blue and gold of uh, Notre Dame. Yep, my pleasure. My pleasure. Appreciate you, Thanks, man. Thanks, Jaden. Best of luck, brother. Yep, y'all have a good day. You Thank you. That's Jaden Greathouse, committed to Notre Dame. We're coming back here on Ball Don't Lie with two stories that did not seem to go away. Russell Wilson and Will Smith. Well, we'll talk about them here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Well, there are them sleigh bells. It's that time of year again. Yep. Oh, come on, AJ. How do we get you in the Christmas spirit? Well, I really do like this song right here. Back on Ball Don't Lie for another edition of Off the Record on the best of Ball Don't Lie. Looking back at one of our favorites, Russell Wilson jumping on a plane, Will Smith going to talk to the Lakers. Man, some teams don't need many explanations of why they are not winning. It's the best of Ball Don't Lie here on 1049. Don't worry. Russell Wilson. That's right. He's um, hoping to get back on the field. Uh, he was dealing with a little injury, and uh, he said... <laughs> That uh, recently that he was going to do everything within his power uh, to make sure that he was available for their game in London. So they had an eight hour flight. uh, The Denver Broncos did to London um, for their next game. And the report from Zach Stevens um, at Zach Stevens DNVR, uh, a tweet that reads (laughs) Russell Wilson worked out and stretched for four of the eight hours on the flight from Denver to London said he was doing high knees in the aisle when the rest of the guys were asleep. Uh, This was confirmed by multiple teammates via Twitter saying, yeah, of course, yep, that's exactly what happened. I mean, like no cap. He was doing, uh, you know, high knees in the aisles. Um, When Russell Wilson was asked about it, he said, uh, quote, I don't get jet jet lag too often. I don't really. I've traveled enough to kind of get my system down for me. I was on the plane the first two hours. What is it? An eight-hour flight. The first two hours, I was watching film, watching all the cut-ups and everything else. And then the next four hours, I was doing treatment on the plane. I I was walking up and down the aisles. Everyone was knocked out. I was doing high knees and working on my legs and everything else, making sure I'm ready to rock. So that was good. And the last two hours, the last hour that I fell asleep for one hour, and I watched the film for the rest. I felt good to go once we got back. Coach did a good job. Coach Lando and the whole coaching staff had us uh, do a little movement, and so we got here and did a little movement. I did my full workout, did all that, and then maybe rested for about two or three hours once I got home. I feel great. Man, come on, man. Hey, what did, what did, what did uh, Ed Orgeron say? Oh, man, come on, man. Can't be dealing with this. Russ is just extra, man. And and the thing that I, bothers me. He's trying to get me, ready to go. For, I mean, I guess nobody else on the flight wanted to get ready to go. He's well, the only one being prepared. I think he's like doing rehab for the injury. I don't know. This dude, when this guy's like, everyone's like, you're a robot. And he's like, well, what would humans do? <laughs> Probably high knees on the plane. <laughs> what would humans do? Here's the deal. Uh-oh. And this is the thing that really 
bothers me. You know the narrative about you is that you're square. You're a corny dude. And everything you're doing now, you seem to be even more so that person. You know, I heard the story earlier today that he has an office inside the stadium where he's not even with the team. That, that to me, just goes to show you the type of person. Are you, you become Barry Bonds now where you need three lockers and you don't need people around you. But you're not putting up those numbers. If you were playing better, I mean, I guess the dollar-dollar bills make all the story now. But when you start looking at who he is and who he's become, I was a big fan. I was a big fan of who he was. But now he has turned himself into a business, and it's not about getting to know your teammates. If you look at everybody on that sideline, they don't look like they like him. And then I sent you that video of him high-fiving and handing out. I don't know if it was towels. I don't know if it was a new shirt. I don't know what it was. Or They said he released a new hat last week. <laughs> like, what? After you lost, you out here promoting some other stuff? I know you're a business. He's a brand, man. He's a brand. But come on, man. It's, it needs to get back to the football aspect of it, and people will start respecting you. You see guys are trying to get out of there. Trade they me. Are, but I, I will say Trade this. Me. I, I, I'll say this, though, because we're watching several of these quarterback life cycles happen before us. It almost feels like that there's a, um, you know, kind of a great quote about um, about being a villain, right? It's like uh, from the Dark Knight movie, you die a hero or live long enough to become a villain. Yeah. I feel like all these quarterbacks, because they've been around so long, they live that that narrative. They become villains. Like Aaron Rodgers now is a villain. But Tom Brady before? right now, for some people, is considered the villain. Yeah. It was like people think he's worn out his welcome with his teammates. People don't like him. People yeah. don't want Devonta Adams. People don't even want to play with Aaron Rodgers. Like, what's going on? And it feels like that almost because they are the uber-protected, um, uh, isolated, on a pedestal athletes that almost in the ultimate team sport like football, especially for in the court of public opinion as well, that quarterbacks, this is almost a natural life cycle that they, they stick with their, their around so long and they're exalted to such a degree by the officiating, by yep. the organization, everybody, that they do become these kind of isolated superstars within the structure of a football organization. Right? The great. Sometimes when yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You, if you're in, if you're in it to, that long enough, right? Right. I mean, I'm saying, is anybody avoiding that? Any greats avoiding that cycle right now? No, because they know when to leave. Well, the, I'm just saying they, they know when to get out. Get while they're getting his good. Drew Brees avoided some of it, but still got in hot water later on. He did. You know At what I mean? Like, it's, it's almost yeah. like because you're so exposed. You're a celebrity. We're a celebrity-driven culture. So what does that mean? We want to know everything about you. And we find out Russell Wilson's corny. And we find <laughs> out Aaron Rodgers, uh, a little dishonest. Yeah. Kind, of a, kind of an a-hole. Yeah. We found out Tom Not Brady. Kinda. We found out Tom Brady, yeah, competitive sickness, really cares more about the game than his family. Yeah. Oh, we, I mean, these are things that we learn about him, and then that, that changes and distorts our perception of them. Yeah. And I almost feel like this happens to all these guys. They're, they're overexposed, and they're, they're alienated and isolated within their own organizations because they are brands. Right. But and I they believe, got their own teams but and I their be, own offices that's and everything the thing else. Is, but that's all it all goes down to. Winning fixes everything. If any of these guys are winning, they wouldn't, we, we wouldn't, wouldn't be get, talking about that's Tom Brady getting divorced. He would be like, go get married and divorced again. Go win that Super Bowl, Tom. Great point. Yeah. If they're winning, they're just not winning. Yeah. So now we care about that because we're trying to figure out, hey, man, why do you suck now? True. Yeah. Why, but, yeah, it's, it's all of you as long as you're point. winning. But if, we knew. If, you, if you go out a winner, yeah. if Tom Brady would have gone out last year, everyone would have gone, wow. 
I mean, his home life is rough, but you know that's what happens when no, you pay the price for the game. No, his home life wouldn't have been rough. It wouldn't have been rough. His home life wouldn't have been rough because we wouldn't she be having this conversation. That's right. That's this wouldn't have been a conversation. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. You, just, you just got to win. Yeah, win yeah. Winning does cure all. Yeah. And the only reason we're discussing all this is because neither one of those guys are winning right, right. now. Right. Um, Mr. Unlimited is now showing that he is now, limited. Did anybody else think of Kramer in Seinfeld when he's dancing on the plane? <laughs> if you were on that plane, wouldn't you be like, hey, bro, sit down. <laughs> you going to crash over the ocean because yeah. you've got to be high-stepping? <laughs> he's doing high knees on yeah. the plane. I'm like, I mean, it's a great way to annoy everybody. Annoy but he was probably teammates. sitting in first class and they were sitting in coach. So they really <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point, too. Uh, I mean, real quick, speaking of another great who is having offseason. Uh, LeBron James and the Lakers obviously the Lakers show oh a bit of a gosh. disaster now. Uh, first time that they are win- uh, 0-4 since LeBron's rookie mm-hmm. year I believe, or at least not them, but first but time for LeBron teams yeah. 0-4 since his rookie year. Uh, Will Smith did indeed go talk to the Lakers. Come on, man. He visited the Lakers to on, talk man. to them about togetherness and gratitude. <laughs> no, this is true. Uh, he got an upcoming film called Emancipation and he spoke to them as a part of their, they tweeted out they said huge thanks to Will Smith who joined the team to discuss strength through togetherness and practicing gratitude in times of great challenge. All themes in his forthcoming masterpiece film, Emancipation. Lakers Genius Talk. There you go. Well, yeah. Did they bring in a shot coach? <laughs> I mean, that's coach. the problem that they're <laughs> looking at. The <laughs> yeah, this franchise I was is list- the dumbest franchise. Hey, what are we going to do? Let's not draft anybody who can shoot. Let's not trade for anybody who can shoot. Let's not sign anybody who can shoot. Let's try and play basketball completely the wrong way. With we'll all slashers. Westbrook. Everything will be fine. How do we fix it? I don't know. Bring in celebrities? <laughs> yeah. did, did any of y'all ever play basketball? Yeah. Dude, that's, I think they're shooting 21. Yeah, you didn't see him. That's why he had to move with his mom, his aunt and uncle in Bel Air. Because uh, he got into a fight <laughs> on a plane. <laughs> plane. <laughs> he got into a fight on a plane. I think they're shooting 21% right now from three-point range. Got you. Like 22%. Oh, sorry. They are, they are 33 bad. for 148. The Ooh. worst over any four. Four-year span, get this, not on the Lakers, not on Cleveland. In the history of basketball, (laughs) they are the worst shooting team in a four-game span, and you have to have a minimum of 125 shots. But, hey, check this out. Last night, they shot 25%, and he said, uh, Patrick Beverly, I quote, we made an improvement today. Baby steps. That's right. And steps. you extended your GM this year because he did such a good job of hey. bringing in player. Yeah. Hey, you know what, what Patrick? Think? I just realized y'all need a Palinka to be able to tank. That would have been perfect for the Spurs. All you missing is a Palinka. All you missing was a Palinka. Uh, We're keeping the best of rolling. More ball don't lie coming up here on 104.9 The Horn.